Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I hope and trust that you are all well. Before I get started, I would like to give a special shout-out to the Patreon members. Tavia S., Victoria Dyer, Tina Mead, Nancy Wallace, Mana Ash, Interscare Wifey, Felicia Scott, Cindy Cleveland, and House of Jen. The others will be listed right here on the screen. Thank you all so much for becoming a part of the new membership. If you would like to become a member right here on YouTube, or join the Patreon family, or support me as a content creator, you can buy me a coffee. All of that information can be found in the description below. Now, it is time to go back to ashes. For when we arise from the ashes, we are a bigger, better, stronger, and happier person in the morning. Sit back, relax, kick back, grab a snack, or tuck in and get warm, and enjoy this dose of vocal melatonin entitled True Military Horror Stories. Right after this intro, an ad will play. I'll read the first story, another ad will play, and after that, there will be no more ads within this video. I'd like to add one more thing. If you or anyone you know has a true creepy tale that you think would creep the daylights out of people, and also want to hear while you're going to sleep, you can send your stories in to phoenixfirenarrations at gmail.com. I will gladly read over your story and narrate it. My vision is that a lot of you send in stories because I'm anticipating making a video of all subscriber or listener stories. So, once again... You can email me at phoenixfirenarrations at gmail.com. Disclaimer, I don't know a lot about the military, so if I mispronounce something, please forgive me. And number two, there is strong language used within some of these stories in which I cannot upload to YouTube, so you will be hearing a lot of it censored out. Now, let's get on with our stories. U.S. Air Force here. Not allowed to say what I do, but my frame flew in Vietnam and carried dead bodies back. And after Vietnam, it was repurposed. All of the older frames from that era are supposedly haunted with dead soldiers. I've spent mid-shift, midnight to 7 a.m., on those frames, and I've heard people scream out in pain. I've asked for a tool and someone handed it to me, and then turned around and they were gone. Multiple times you'll hear someone's name being called. I don't believe in ghosts, but those frames creep me the f*** out. One time, at an Air Force base in the ROK, we had a power outage at night. All of us walked out of our hangar doors to take a see what the problem may have been, and we saw a very, very large, triangular shape passing over our hangar. It was a clear, moonless night previously, and when we went outside to look around, we noticed the starscape being covered, then slowly uncovered. No sound associated with the event, other than normal sounds of the location. I'll never forget that night.
Iraq, 2005. It was nighttime and we were pulling security on a rooftop. I'm standing there looking out over the city skyline and up in the sky, I saw what looked like a meteor or a tracer round. Halfway through its flight path, all of a sudden it made a 90 degree turn and accelerated impossibly fast through a series of hard turns before disappearing. Before I can say anything, the guy next to me says, Holy shit, did you see that? Another thing that was spooky but more explainable is the premonitions of danger people would have. Sometimes you know you're about to get attacked, and you don't know why you know, but you just do. I don't remember if I've shared my story before, but I'm still not sure if I really saw what I thought I saw. The airman that was with me seemed to see it too. Around 2015, I was in the truck training a new airman on flightline driving at night when we were doing a routine inspection on the equipment out there. He knew what he was doing so I just stargazed like I love to. It was a clear night, so it was perfect. After a minute, I noticed stars were disappearing in clusters and reappearing after a second and realized something really dark and large was gliding over top of us. I told my co-worker to look up at it, and he saw it too. It was this giant crescent-shaped thing just silently flying overhead, west away from the mountains. It was seriously bizarre, and I've never seen anything like it before. I still have no idea what the fuck it was. But I should ask him if he remembers exactly what we saw. Not in the U.S., but Canadian Navy. Out in the middle of the Pacific on deployment 2016, in the smoke pit around 1 a.m. Beautiful clear night, so a bunch of us out watching the stars. There is zero light pollution out there, and the sky is amazing at night. There was this one bright light that hadn't moved since we got up there. Then... All of a sudden, it flew across the sky extremely fast. Stopped instantly at another point for about 30 seconds before zipping off across the sky, making a turn at an impossible speed and sharpness and zooming off and disappearing. Everyone up there saw it, and we were all, Yep, that was a UFO. I was living in Camp Lugin for a spill. One night, we went out on Camp Johnson and decided to walk through the forestry area of the base. Upon walking, we kept hearing screams and seeing weird things, such as orbs and 
there was just this overbearing feeling of, well, I can't explain it. We ended up walking off the path, and that's when we seen a woman dressed in white. It was extremely scary, and I just couldn't move on any further. So I did the only logical thing and ran. Later, I found out me and my group of friends were not the only ones who had seen the lady in white. Satter City, early 2008, middle of the night. We were providing security for the install of Alaska barriers along the road. We were in our ASB, probably 10 meters from a four-way. I'm just shooting the shit with my driver and gunner when I see a soldier at the near right corner of that intersection. I'm pissed. Who is this jackass in my sector without calling ahead? He looks back to my direction, then steps off towards the opposite corner of that intersection. Since he had the best night vision, I said, Gunner, can you tell me who the fuck that is? By this point, the dude is still walking and right in the middle of the intersection when he starts fading away. He was about five feet away from the corner by the time he vanished completely. He was tall, probably 6'1 or so, thin, mid to late 20s, ACUs with a green beanie, no body armor, M16 slung around his back. Driver didn't really see anything. Gunner wasn't sure what it was. That was 14 years ago, and I can still see that kid plain as day. It's a long story, but I'll make it as short as possible. One of the barracks at Leonard Wood is haunted by possibly a demon. Firewatch would hear screams coming from bathrooms and never find anything when they looked. People would hear crying from empty bunks. Had a kid in my company who used to work for some ghost hunting company. Used a makeshift Ouija board thing to see if he could talk to it. Ask it if it was a certain type of demon. It answered. He closed up and told us to go to bed and leave it alone. My battle wants to keep talking to it. Me and him asked questions but got no answers. We continued to get f***ed with by said demon until we were too scared to sleep and just chilled with the fire guard. Drill sergeant finds us and asks what the f*** we were doing. We tell him about our night and he proceeds to tell us for two hours about how God's not real and Jesus won't save our souls. It was a weird f***ing night. Muscatatuck Urban Training Center in 2013 or 2014. We were medical support for a big exercise going on there. My buddy and I were already on nights, so we stayed alone in the old hospital building to watch 
the SI and clinic stuff the night before the exercise kicked off. We were the only soldiers on the installation aside from maybe the fire and EMS guys, if they even stay there overnight. Everything in the hospital building was still intact from when it was abandoned. Rocking chairs, medical tables, etc. It looks like a ghost town. That night, we swore we heard someone talking in the basement. We were on the first floor and went to check it out. Nothing. Nobody there. Not long after, the power goes out and we ran out of the building to wait it out outside. After it came back on, we went to turn some extra lights on and one of the bulbs exploded and scared the ever-living f*** out of both of us. Okay, two instances. One, lived in an abandoned insane asylum on Camp Muscatatuck, Indiana for a month while we were op for, for the NG. Of course, the laundry room was in the basement, and for some reason, there were random holes in the wall that no one could see the end of, and no one really wanted to shine a light into. Nothing happened to my knowledge, but... I never want to do laundry alone. Two, was guarding SAHA at Camp Bilsec GE. Went with my buddy to walk the perimeter doing checks. Reach roughly the halfway point when we both feel a distinctly warm downdraft. It's cold, so it was pretty noticeable. We're both confused because we're outside. I double back, but feel nothing. As I catch up to my buddy, we both feel it again. This time, with enough force to move some dust around our feet. Again, nothing above us that we can see. We both just noped it out and walked as fast as we can without running back to the shack at the gate. No one believed us when we told them. When I was a young PFC deployed to Anbar province, Iraq. For those of you who hadn't seen IDF shelters downrange, they're not much to look at, but you have to understand what they look like for the story to make sense. They are nothing special, just some concrete upside-down U-shaped things that sometimes have sandbags all around them. Again, nothing special. They have ingress or egress routes on both sides of them. Throughout the course of my deployment, I had noticed very briefly shadowy figures moving quickly into them, and it always kind of startled me, and often I would check the shelters to see who ran into them, just to see who it was. To my surprise, the first few times there was nothing in there with the exception of a few packs of water bottles, some occasional trash, and dust. I kept it to myself because I thought I could have just been seeing things and that I might have just been off my rocker or something. 
Later on in the deployment, I was hanging out by some Hesco barriers with a buddy, just f***ing off, when he turns to me after a brief moment of silence and says, Hey dude, have you also been seeing silhouettes running super quickly into the IDF shelters? Or am I just slowly losing my shit? Naturally, I told him about my sightings of the figures, and we were both just kind of creeped out for a bit. Over the course of the deployment, we had discovered that a total of 16 people in our company had seen these figures, including a SFC who had been to this camp three times before, and told us that he had seen them every time he had been there. I don't believe in ghosts, but it was definitely freaky. Kind of a boring story, I know, but it's all I got. I was in NTC, for those who don't know what that means. It's the National Training Center, one of the military's training facilities. There are mock towns and villages here, and some are rumored to be haunted, which may be true. My platoon and I spent the night at one of these mock towns due to rain and flooding at night. Forgot to mention this is a desert with mountains and hills. Well, we took shelter from the rain in a building that was quite lengthy, and it was two stories with an upstairs patio that also leads to more stairs to the roof. As we explore this building, because we have nothing else to do, we see furniture and a bit of flooding upstairs and downstairs. After a while, we go to bed, and a lot of us were sleeping in the entrance room, and five of our soldiers were sleeping in a room towards the back of the building. Come midnight, 30-ish, we are awoken to loud slamming in pairs of three every two to five minutes. Mind you, there was no wind because all the doors and windows were shut. Also, I'd not electricity in these buildings, so no AC. This slamming goes on for some time, till someone finally tells out and mind my language. Yo, chill the f*** out before I come beat your ass. Then... It all stopped for about a minute, and then a lot of heavy sliding upstairs started happening. The noise was very loud, as if something or someone was pulling furniture or something heavy around. No one had the guts to go check it out because, as we always say, that's how they all die in the movies. If you had any experiences or are military, and had encounters, please do share your stories. Submariner here. There are a few things as unnerving as wondering about the engine room from 2330 to 0530 alone on watch. When the boat is largely shut down in port, it becomes a very quiet place. 
The roving watches usually make it an hourly game to speed through their log rounds, especially in the lower levels. One particular in port period, the boat was moored in Pearl Harbor, and a few people started complaining about a real uneasy feeling. I was on the mid-watch as the SEO on evening, and a senior chief came back to do his required 0300 tour. We saw him walk past maneuvering on his way to Shaft Alley. This particular senior chief was the crusty old salt type and would usually spend a bit of time just sitting in the lower levels of the engine room alone and contemplate life. So, we expected as much. What we didn't expect was him to literally run into the maneuvering area a few minutes later. The man was pale-faced and breathing heavily. We set up straight, our eyes as wide as his, thinking we were about to have to announce and fight some ship casualty. He slumps into the EDO chair. A few tense and silent moments go by. We are all on pins and needles. He finally opens his mouth and tells us about the ghost in Shaft Alley. Swears a sailor passes by him as he's sitting on a trash can in Shaft Alley. His first response was to call out to the guy, see who it was. But then he realized this guy isn't dressed right. He describes what the guy was wearing, the old World War II naval uniforms. So he quickly gets up to catch up to the guy, and he does. Catches up to him all the way aft. The guy turns towards the senior chief, looks right at him then turns away and literally walks through the ass end of the boat. It's now that the senior chief decides it's time to leave Shaft Alley, and promptly does so, swears up and down that he knows what he saw. I sure as hell wasn't about to leave maneuvering that night to find out for myself. I got to my first unit in the Army after basic combat training and AIT. A buddy from basic got there at the same time, and we were put in the same room. The building was about three years old, so it was modern. Two-bedroom, shared kitchen on the left, and bathroom to the right. My room, back and to the left, homie's room back and to the right. His door had this official U.S. Army crime scene tape around the edges. Being curious, fresh privates, we asked the senior specialist what it was about to which they would just skirt around any kind of answer and f*** off. Fast forward a few months, homie moved to his platoon's hallway and my Navajo buddy from basic moved in. By this point, the crime scene tape was removed. He's a traditional Navajo, fairly spiritual type, and starts telling me he's getting odd feelings from the room. I tell him I'm kind of creeped out by it because of the tape, but I'm not terribly worried about it. Fast forward again, 
probably about a year in the same room. Homie is at an early morning appointment as I woke up to do my pre-PT grooming. His door is slightly cracked, which is unusual for him. His toothbrush is left by the bathroom sink when he usually keeps it in his room. I don't think anything of it. He must have been in a rush. I do him a solid of putting the toothbrush where it usually sits in his room and leave the door in the same position as I found it, about an inch open. I go back to the mirror to start my shave when, in the reflection, I see his door slam open and then slam closed, slam open again, and finally cracked about an inch where it started. I immediately left for PT and took the ash chewing for not shaving. As a Marine, I used to have a graveyard patrol shift at the Beirut Bombing Memorial. Part of the memorial is dedicated to the Veterans Cemetery. Oddly enough, I never got freaked out being completely alone in a remote cemetery in the middle of the night, surrounded by dense woods on all sides. It was actually kind of peaceful, to be honest. However, one night, I was patrolling near the perimeter fence, where some of the oldest headstones are, when I heard the sound of a woman humming. I followed the sound and noticed a light glowing through the vines and brush of a large tree. As I approached, I could literally feel my hair beginning to lift, as if there was an electric current in the air. I pushed aside the brush and what I saw nearly took my breath. It was an old weathered headstone with a large cross etched into the marble. Only... The cross was glowing a bright, vivid blue, like a neon bulb. The humming was also suddenly much louder and had a weird plurality to it, like it was coming from hundreds of voices at once. Needless to say, I freaked the f*** out. I screamed like a scared little girl and sprinted back to the parking lot. I radioed the guard who was supposed to relieve me and forced him to come early then spent the rest of my shift in the cab of his truck. I don't think he believed me, but he stayed in his truck and didn't go out on patrol until the sun was fully up. A few days later, I worked up the nerve to return to the grave, during the day, of course. As I suspected, in the light of day, it was a completely mundane headstone. There was no name, only the aforementioned cross, I ran my hands over the stone and checked to see if maybe there was some sort of hidden light source or solar panel. But no, it was just plain, solid, unremarkable stone. The humming was gone too. I eventually returned to my normal shift but never again experienced anything out of the ordinary. I never learned whose grave that was, either, but... I find myself thinking about it from time to time. It certainly sounds absurd when I say it out loud, and I suppose it could have just been a hallucination or a trick of my tired brain. But I don't, 
believe it was. I think it was real, a ghost or spirit of some sort, but I don't think it was malevolent at all. I was by myself in the engine room of a submarine on the mid-watch. Just a newly reported sailor trying to find equipment so I could display knowledge to one of the watchstanders. There are a number of bays in the engine room lower level with narrow passages that pass through the center. I came down one of the ladders and I swore I saw someone walk across that ship about 15 feet in front of me. I could hear his footsteps as he walked around a corner and out of sight. Three problems. Number one, he was wearing utilities, an older light blue blouse and dark navy slacks. Nobody had utilities anymore. They had been phased out three years earlier. Number two, there was only one other person awake in the engine room that late at night and he was standing at the top of the ladder behind me, waiting for me to come back up with an answer to his question. Number three, he wasn't actually there. I wrote it off as sleep deprivation, and I'll admit it shook me for a while. Fast forward to four months later. I had gone out to sea with another submarine of the same type. While I was there... I met a sailor who had previously served on my ship. After a few weeks of standing watching with him, he told me a story of a sailor who had committed suicide while on watch when he served on my ship almost a decade earlier, an engine room lower level, in his utilities. I wished I could have gotten a picture of the look on my face. I'm sure it was the definition of disbelief. I've got a few HAH. First time was an MCT at Camp Lewin. They always said this one area of the woods was haunted, but I was always like, yeah, fuck, right. So, me and this other dude have to take out trash late one night, and he's too scared to walk in the woods, so I just do it. As I'm tossing the bags over... I distinctly heard footsteps in a puddle right behind me. I figured it was the other dude, but nobody was there when I turned around. It was a sizable clearing, and there were no animals around either. I asked the guy about it, and he basically said, F*** this, and ran off. Another time when I was in Oki... Everyone in my unit was convinced our barracks was haunted by some old guys from World War II. On a side note, superstition is taken very seriously by the locals there, and they've been known to halt construction on buildings and not man posts because of ghosts. Anyways, I wake up to a slight earthquake one night, which is normal. But I notice that none of my model gun dams are rocking like they usually do, especially when the room feels like it's rocking that hard. 
I said, fuck it, and tried to go back to sleep. I start feeling footsteps on my bed, like my cat walking across. Now, I'm pretty scared, because so many people in my shop have personal ghost stories, and I had no explanation for this one. I decide, if it is a demon or something, I needed to see, so I counted to three and opened my eyes. There was nothing there. Creepy at first. Ended in a facepalm. I was a young sergeant in 2006, stationed at Fort Bliss. Right outside of Fort Bliss was a training area that was near Biggs Airfield. We were guarding some equipment overnight, so the company wouldn't have to stay. It was me and one private. I told him he would take shifts patrolling, and since we were allowed to have cars out there, the other would nap in his car. I woke up to my soldier knocking on my window in a complete panic. It scared me at first. The private said, Sergeant, wake up. There's UFOs out here. And I replied, uh, What? Private points in the direction, and sure as shit, I see lights that seem like they are floating around and then disappearing. Took me a moment as I had just woken up. That's the Franklin Mountain Range. You're looking at the cars driving on the scenic route. The cars would be visible and then disappear when they went around the corner of a turn, only to appear again when they came back around. I was very agitated at first, but the next day was by far the funniest experience I have ever had in the military. My Halloween Ghost Story I was stationed at Redstone Arsenal, Huntsville, Alabama, September 24th, 1989. Advanced Individual Training, or AIT, for Ammunition Specialist, 55B. We were sent into the field for our field training exercise, or FTX, late that day in the pouring rain. My battle and I set up our tent at the end of the line, which was located near the edge of the woodland. Since it was raining, the cadre told us just to go to sleep till morning. This was about 20 hundred hours, or 8 p.m. Later that night, approximately at 02.30, I awoke and had to urinate. The rain had stopped and the moon was full and made the field of my tent look blue. As I was urinating, I noticed I wasn't the only one up. I looked into the field and saw a young girl, maybe five or seven years old, running up the trail towards me. I watched her run past and up the trail into the dark forest. Thinking I must still be dreaming, I slipped back into my tent and right to sleep. The next morning, I was awoken for duty, and like most men had to once again relieve myself. I went to the same place as before, and as I was relieving myself, I remembered what I had seen. 
I looked in the direction I had seen the girl come from and looked to where I'd seen her run off to. There, up the trail, was a Civil War cemetery. I was totally taken and was telling my battle what I had witnessed. Other trainees listened and gave their opinions, which mostly of disbelief, but one of the NCOs nearby heard and came right over. He asked me to describe the girl and what time it was. Boy, was he mad. He said that the girl haunts the base and of all the years he'd been stationed there, he never seen her. Everyone got quiet and walked away. That night, I had fire guard by myself and no one else wanted to do it. This story is taken from my grandpa's memoir. There was an incident during my time stationed in Guam back in the 60s. I'm unable to explain every well. One day, we got a call from a farmer, claiming that something fell from the sky and landed on his farm. We knew no U.S. satellites had gone down, so it was most likely Russian. We get out there and discover this small object. It was about the size of a baseball, completely clear, and on one side of it, it had a waffle-like imprint on it, as if it were attached to a grid. Physically, it felt like glass. We didn't know what to do with it, and one of our officers was an astronomer, so we presented it to him. He kept it as a paperweight. One day, while speaking with him, I had accidentally knocked the object off his desk. It looked like it was cracked and about to shatter into pieces. Another five minutes or so, the object was clear again. All of the cracks were gone. We struck it a few times again just to watch the shattered object fix itself. I ended up telling my buddies about it, and they wouldn't believe me. When the officer was off base one day, we snuck into his quarters and took the object. Everyone then proceeded to try and break it, but it would keep fixing itself. We stopped doing this when someone had thrown it so hard it bounced off the cement and dented one of our fighter jets. Word about the object spread quickly. The local base newspaper even did a story on our incident after the officer reluctantly allowed it. Days later, some men purporting to be from the weapons bureau showed up on base. Not only did they confiscate the object, but they tore through our quarters in order to find every issue of the newspaper which was printed. After that, we were told everything we had seen and read was classified. To this day, I'm still unable to explain the object's unique properties. My second deployment to Iraq, we were doing a nighttime small kill team ambush in a house we took over while overwatching an intersection commonly planted with IED, trying to kill the idiots who emplaced them. 
Dawn was coming up. We were just ready to pack up and call the QRF platoon to drive up and pick us up when we spotted a lone dude carrying an arty round. It was too bright for any night vision. Still a bit dark for eyes, but we positively ID'd as a possible hostile threat, and I had my sniper, with an M110, kill him. One shot, only about 175 meters, easy shot, upper chest. I was on glass and saw the bullet impact, watched him crumble and drop in the grass on the side of the road. He was a skinny f- wearing a tight athletic shirt. He didn't have body armor to stop. 7.62 NATO at that range. I called QRF to pick us up and reported to Colonel Talk about the kill. As they were driving up, my SKT team, an infantry fire team, plus a sniper team, left the house to check the body for intel. And since we had to bag them and drop them off at the local Iraqi police station if possible. But nobody. What the f***? We walked around for like 20 minutes in ever-enlarging circles. Not a f***ing single piece of evidence he was there. Nobody. No blood. No crawl marks. No IED. No nothing. We looked like idiots because I'd reported the shot on the company network and nobody. Caught an endless amount of shit about it, but weird shit happens in war. A few years later, I ran into a dude who served in the unit we relieved in place. They left, and we took over the area of operations. We were at a bar putting drinks away and trading war stories about the neighborhoods and shit. Then, I brought up that area we dropped the invisible man, what I'd call him. I didn't tell the story. I just mentioned the frequency of IEDs at that intersection area. Then, he tells me a story about an SKT who killed an IED and placer, but didn't find the body. No f way. Now he wasn't there, but it was another platoon in his company whose squad was out and reported they smoked the guy. So we knew part of their story. He didn't have a description of his appearance. But in his version, many dudes had opened on the M-Placer. A few M4s, an M249, and an M240. And they were so sure they got him. No way someone survived that barrage. They dumped nearly a hundred rounds at one dude. What are the chances of two dudes with lousy luck who have been mortally wounded in the same place a year apart. Shot, but not killed instantly. Shock hits them, but no pain. Clothes absorb the blood. The low crawl away to some dead space we can't see, where they get up and make it a few blocks before dying. Just a coincidence. No evidence was found. No IED, etc., that has to be it. Otherwise, was it a ghost? Did we hallucinate? Sometimes I can't sleep because of the invisible man. If that was a ghost, then there is an afterlife. 
And what happens to me when I go? Will the invisible man be waiting for me? I'm a little late to the spooky party, but here's one. It's not mine, but an old section sergeant's. I posted this in the last spooky thread. For this story, let's just call him Benny. Setting the scene. Afghanistan, 2018. Mortars. It's the second rotation to this OP. Each OP has one mortar section attached to it, and they rotate out to give each other some rest. Benny is manning the 240 block position next to their mud hut. Directly to the left is the mouth of the valley, and to the right is nothing but mountains in Pakistan, into which he may or may not have accidentally sent some HE rounds on a fire mission. The 240 position is facing a large hill that they run for PT to stop from getting fat since all they do is eat four MREs a day. To the right of that hill, about two kilometers, is another OP. The other one in the valley. The story. There had just been some gale force winds absolutely fucking up everything. Mud huts, shacks, all falling over, getting obliterated. Benny's from Florida and thought he was experiencing a legit hurricane. After it finally stops, an incredibly dense fog slowly rolls in and encompasses the entire valley like a blanket. He showed me a video of it, and it's eerie to watch. Just a methodical fog creeping and swallowing everything until it reaches the edge of the OP. After sunset, the fog becomes impenetrable. Benny can't see beyond the barrel of his 240. Not even thermals could cut through it. It's that thick. All they have to operate on is sound, and they're scared of lighting up friendlies. Fast forward a bit, and for three days now, they've been dealing with this fog. All three days, they've been picking up ICOMs in the hut, the SF dudes are occupying. Unencrypted ISIS chatter that the interpreter is translating as basically, we're going to hit them tonight in the fog. They cannot see anything. As an aside, they would pick up ICOMs wherever they ran fire missions. They would graffiti on the walls of the mortar hut all the hilarious things they'd hear. Why are they shooting lights at us when they did coordinated Elum missions, or everything is exploding, which they did big, HE slash WP FFEs. So, needless to say, everyone is on edge with this fog because they can't see anything. ISIS is talking about overrunning something, and they're hearing things in the fog at night, but nothing ever happens. There's the other OP in the valley, and there's also Afghan commandos and a local ANP presence scattered around the valley. ISIS could be talking about any location, so Benny's ready at all times for an attack whenever the fog starts encroaching. 
they haven't been running fire missions since the fog began because no one can call for fire with the low visibility. So all the mortars are pulling guard. Sunsets. Fog rose in. It's tranquil for a while, but tense. Then suddenly, the GBs come hauling ass out of their hut and jump on their roof. It has the best advantage point of the valley. So they co-locate up there with Benny's FDC and call adjustments, etc. Yo! They shout down at the mortars. Fire mission, let's go! Oh shit, oh shit, it's happening. Everyone's scrambling. On the radio, the Afghan commandos are begging for help. Please, we need everything you have right now. Help us, God. Oh, fuck. Benny thinks to himself, they're really getting fucked up. The commandos give them the exact grid. Everything you have, right here, now. Cool. We got a grid, but Benny and the mortars are still unsure. What does everything mean? So after some quick deliberation, they decide, fuck it. ICE has been talking about making a move. They're finally doing it. Let's give them 20 rounds. White foes, immediate suppression. A gunner for whom Benny has immense respect for is on the gun. So he knows these rounds are going to be right on target. They throw the rounds down range and wait for the radio. Again, again, hit it again. Same spot, more, more, please. What the f***? Benny's thinking. This must be a huge movement. F*** it. Send it. Forty more rounds of white foes, same data. They rain steel and hell upon this one spot. They're standing in the OP, and despite the thick fog, they can see the silhouette of a hillside five kilometer in the distance illuminating against the backdrop of constant Willie Pete rounds impacting. It's completely ablaze. After some minutes, they finally hear cheering over the radio. In the distance, they can hear the AKs clacking off in celebration. Billy and the mortars are fist-bumping, patting each other on the back. Fuck yeah, we did it. The ANP commander gets on the radio, and the Terp translates his message. Thank you, you did a great job. We got her. What? They ask for clarification. Say again last? Her? What do you mean, her? The Terp listens to the ANP commander's explanation before turning to them and explaining. There is a witch living on this mountain. For decades, she has controlled the weather. She summoned the strong winds a few days ago. And she's also the one who's brought the fog in. What in the god we just dropped 60 rounds of white foes on this old mountain lady's home. The next morning, the fog receded and never came back the rest of the time they were out there. Benny's been lobbying to get some sort of official recognition as a witch hunter ever since. Unfortunately, he ETS'd last month, so he lost the good fight.
as a preface, I'm a skeptic. I still think there's a logical explanation to my story. But that being said, if ghosts are real, then this would be the best explanation I could think of for this experience. That being said, I f- love ghost stories so much. Very ironic. <laughs> this was the summer of 2013. I was a Marine deployed to Helmand Province, Afghanistan. I was in the southern part of the province. I was attached to a platoon of combat engineers, who in turn were direct supporting 2nd Battalion, 8th Marines. So, upward of a couple of hundred Marines. My platoon of 42 Marines, therefore, had a lot of freedom as we weren't directly subjected to the battalion commander of 2-8, and we had our own lot. COC, or Command Operations Center, Motor Pool, Maintenance Bay, Armory, even a f***ing volleyball court. We shared the lot with EOD, or Explosive Ordnance Disposal, who were way on the end of the lot. We never really spoke to them, but they were super chill guys, I heard. We'd be out with our respective infantry companies operating. Usually, one squad would stay back on Dwyer to man the COC and relax, stock up on cigarettes and dip, as well as sleep in a container with a bed and AC. I personally hated it. I like getting nitty-gritty and living in the dirt, and I got really bored when I was there. But the gym there was sick as f- I'm not sure what month this was. I'm going to guess sometime in late July or August. I've been out with two infantry companies for months back-to-back, and they gave me a month on Dwyer. A f- death by boredom sentence, if you ask me. The rest of my platoon was out on a mission far up north, and my squad was hanging back on Dwyer. At night, as it is in all the USMC, there is someone on Firewatch, which you could call guard duty at the COC on the lot. Just making sure no one steals shit, or if the war comes to you, then you can wake up the homies and get to trapping on Terry Taliban. So, it was my night for Firewatch, and I was there with my senior Corporal W and our platoon guide, Sergeant D. We were at the COC on our lot. Now, I know there's a lot of descriptions going on so far, but our COC was a long wooden structure called a SWA hut. I'm not sure if it's an acronym or not, so if I spell it wrong, apologies and it was in the northeastern corner of our lot, which was surrounded by a big 15 to 20 foot tall chain link fence with barbed wire on top of it. The space between the COC and the fence was no more than 20 feet from the northern part of the corner, and from the eastern part of the corner more like 30 to 40. Not very big at all. We were basically squeezed into that corner. On the eastern side, we had some tents put up because sometimes our sister company's dog handlers would come and stay the night. It was mainly for them. So I was at the end of the SWA hut, right by the door opposite of another door on the other end. 
you could see straight through to the other side of the SWA hut, maybe 50 feet from one end to the other. It was late at night. Corporal W. and Sergeant D. and I were smoking some cigarettes and just shooting the shit, which was rare as they were higher in rank than me, but most of that shit washes away towards the end of a deployment. I don't know what we were talking about, but for some reason, we're all looking into the COC with all the lights on, and out the other end, we see someone walk past the door very casually. I remember him being Caucasian, having a trim beard, wearing a boonie, and having an M16. So we pop into action mode and go looking for this person. Sergeant D went to the north side of the 20 space between the COC and the fence, the side the guy we saw was walking towards. Corporal W went through COC and I went around the southern part. All in all, we linked up on the other side, where we first saw the guy not even ten seconds later, as we did, had to sprint there. It was that quick. There was no one there. We didn't encounter anyone. Sergeant D would have seen this guy. He literally ran to where he was walking. I highly doubt that guy jumped the fence. It's twenty feet. I looked out into the emptiness outside our lot, through the part of the fence he was walking towards, and I saw nothing. No one. Just an open desert. We each checked one of the tents. No one. Not a fu- Soul. When we met up outside the COC, where we saw this guy... I remembered he had on a tricolor camis, which, unless you're MARSOC or Marine Special Forces, you don't have them and they're woodland green. This guy had on desert tricolors, invasion error camis from 2001. When I told them this, we all kind of looked at each other like, did we actually just see a ghost? Corporal W., having a good sense of humor, said to me, Well, go into bed. Have fun here alone and by yourself. And then he leaves. I didn't hear anything or see anything else after that. Although we shared a lot with some military contractors. One of them just popped in to hang out for a bit randomly. Made me feel a lot better. I eventually went to sleep that night because I thought, fuck it, if that thing kills me, then it kills me. Never saw that ghost again, and we never really spoke about it. Not like some secret we all buried. It just never crossed our mind. I just brushed it off and forgot about it for years until recently. The only thing that strikes me as oddly coincidental is that our COC caught fire and burned to the ground one day a week, or so later. The fire started in the same spot where we saw that dude walking to, and where he disappeared, I guess you could say. It could have been EOD, but the speed by which we covered that small amount of ground only to not see anyone, and the uniform he was wearing, are the only two things that make it very possible that this was a ghost if such things exist. 
I'm not fully a skeptic, as this is the one story that keeps me from totally not believing. A lengthy description. I hope you enjoyed this. I have a couple others if you'd like to hear them. If you served in that area or in the Middle East as well, I'd love to hear your stories as well if you got them. And that, dear listeners, is the end of these true military horror stories. If you are sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you kindly. If you're awake, I hope you've enjoyed this collection. Until next time, I'll read to you soon. Have yourself a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good night. <laughs>